Hey, welcome to the Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I interview people on the path to financial independence to find out their strategies and tactics for getting there even quicker. Uh, Today, I'm excited to introduce Ed Mills from MillionaireEducator.com. Ed and his wife are both teachers, and they amassed nearly a million dollars over the course of just 15 short years teaching. Um, So I know a lot of people out there think, you know, you can't get ahead on a teacher's salary, but uh, Ed and his wife just blow that myth out of the water. Um, He's done some really interesting things to hit that number. Um, He's a big proponent of front-loading retirement accounts. Um, I think this year, actually, him and his wife are planning to contribute over $100,000 between them uh, to tax-advantaged accounts. He's also one of the only guys I know that's done a uh, SEP 72T distribution, so I'm excited to talk to him about that to see how how much of a pain that is because that's one strategy to get access to retirement accounts prior to standard retirement age. So I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. Um, he's also moved around quite a bit to uh, to increase his income, and uh, I know I, I talk a lot about geographic arbitrage in an international sense. Uh, you know, having just come back from Thailand, I, I, I understand how beneficial it could be to move somewhere where the cost of living is a lot lower. Um, but a lot of people email me and say, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to leave the States or I don't want to leave Canada or wherever you're reading from. Um, so Ed actually did quite a bit of domestic geographic arbitrage and he used, uh, his moves to really ramp up his income and ramp up his savings rate. So a lot of good stuff I'm excited to talk to him about. So, uh, without further delay, uh, Ed, welcome. Thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm honored. All right. So, um, so my audience may not, uh, you know, know too much about your backstory. So, uh, how do you get on this journey to financial independence, and uh, maybe you know, start back at the beginning of your teaching career, and just give us an idea of how that went and how you got to where you are today? Well, um, I, let me go back a little further and just say, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I was a jock. I was a basketball player, and I went off to college on an athletic scholarship. Yeah, you're and, a D one uh, player, right? Yeah, I was D1, and, um, you know, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, and, and, you know, you're always on a schedule. And um, so then I played after college. I played a year in Argentina and a year in El Salvador, and, you know, in between that time, I I got more free time and got to explore other interests, and um, I I ended up in language school in Guatemala, and I actually did a month in Rio de Janeiro learning. And, you know, strange twist of fate, I became a Spanish teacher in spite of the fact that I could barely pass Spanish in college. Uh, I think I made three C's. Um, but, you know, when you, you have a college degree and you can speak Spanish, you know, there's a lot of interest in, in finding Spanish teachers, particularly in Georgia in the in uh, the late 80s. So um, I, I became a Spanish teacher after being recommended by a, a teacher who was leaving. And they wanted me to, to replace her, and I took the job. Um, and I, I in all honesty, I took my first real teaching job at age 27. Um, you know, up to that point, I, like I said, I played basketball and I was traveling and I would go to school and pick up Spanish courses at, say, Georgia State or Kennesaw and um, knowing, that, knowing that at some point I wanted to teach, at least I thought I did. And 27, got my first real job. Um, worked out a few years and, and, you know, it wasn't really great money. I think I made 18000 my first year and that's what you made in Georgia back then. And wasn't sure what to do, so what do you do when you don't know what to do? You go to grad school, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And um, at age 31, I went off to grad school, and I, I got a, 
an MBA out in Laredo, Texas, and I got a, a master's for Spanish and ESL um, education at Southern Miss. I made 33 when I graduate. I got a $20,000 student loan. My wife also has a $20,000 student loan, so we're in the hole for 40. And um, at about that time, I got a, a little nibble about a job in Saudi Arabia, and I took it. And, you know, it was, I think I made 40000 tax-free dollars a year, and I had an apartment and a use of a car. So um, I got those checks, and I was sending whole checks in on my, on my student loan. Uh, I got, to, got our net worth up to zero at age 35. So, you know, 35 is not young. It's not real old, but um, – I as opposed to many guys that I read in the financial blogosphere, you know, the financial independence and, and extreme early retirement, you guys seem so young and so clued in. I was the antithesis of that. I was the free spirit. I was like a drug-free hippie. Uh, yeah, I just like to have fun. You know, I could always find the party, and I just didn't worry about tomorrow. And, well, tomorrow got there, and it was 35, and I was at, at zero at least. Um yeah, that's a lot um, better than a lot of people at 35, I think. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel you know, I thought I was an absolute failure at the time, but I realized I could have really um, dug myself into a hole with more debt, which is what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how pretty I was sitting. Um, I worked a few more years in Saudi. I think it was 38 when I left after 9/11, and at that point, I think our net worth was about 100, maybe 110 thousand dollars, and we started teaching in Georgia. Um, I was really surprised uh, when I got back to the States. Uh, it was 2002, started teaching, and I, I think the first year I made $54,000. Okay. I think my last year was twenty-five, twenty-six. Um, and my wife was also, we, we took a job because our, our plan was to go overseas on the international school circuit and, and earn the, you know, the tax-free money. Mm-hmm. And but I think the first year together we made eighty five thousand dollars, and I thought, wow, you know, teaching's really pay, pays a lot more here in the state of Georgia since I last taught here. Now is that and, is that is that rare for Georgia? Is that is Georgia particularly good as far as income is concerned, or is well, that in, in the South? Yes, Georgia is one of the higher paying states. Um, and I, I forget when that, that salary move took place. I, sometime in the late 90s, I believe. I forget who the governor was. Uh, I was in Saudi at the time. I was kind of disconnected. But, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people from other southern states will try to teach in Georgia because there is more money. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and that just happened to be where your family was from? Right. I grew up in North Georgia. My wife's from South Georgia. And um, we ended up splitting the difference. Uh, LaGrange, Georgia is where we, where we live. It was three hours from both of our hometowns. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we're, we're thinking, well, I don't, I want to save some money for my retirement. We knew about an IRA and then, you know, we had a, I had a 401k when I was overseas, uh, through my, uh, U S employer that had a contract in Saudi, but that's another story. But anyway, um, I learned about a 403b and that's, oh, okay. We have, we have a 403b. So I, I, I basically, um, started investing with a 403b and, um, and right off the bat, since I already had money, I, I, uh, went, maxed it out for me. Uh, I also did it for my wife and funded our IRAs. So, you know, your, some of your articles about front loading. Yeah. We, we would start the year out January, February every year and, and just do whole checks like the whole check into our 403B. Nice. 
Yeah, so then, you know, whatever's left, you divide it by 10, and you have a smooth, you know, check the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we always did that with our 403B and our IRAs. We, we loaded them up as soon as we could. So this was starting and, at age, what, like 37? Did uh, you get back from was, Saudi Arabia? Well, let's see. My first year teaching back here, was, I was 38. My wife was 36. Okay. So, yeah, so, we, you know, like I said, we're a little older at this point and net worth of 110. Mm-hmm. Um, saving hard though, but you, you keep in mind, we're thinking about, we're just going to jump ship and, and go teach at the, you know, American school of Rio de Janeiro or something. Well, we went to a job fair and we didn't really like the opportunities that we saw. And we just, we went back to our old schools and stayed another year. And well, two years turned into seven. During that whole time, we were saving, um, front loading, as you would say, mm-hmm. um, our, our salaries. And along the way, somewhere about third or fourth year, I, I learned of the 457, that we had in our district, and I funded that quite a bit also. Some years I would fully fund it. Some years I'd just you know, take it down to a, a threshold where it would benefit me on my taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. So but before we continue, I'll just uh, – yeah. for those out there that may not know, like a 403B is pretty much like the nonprofit's version of a 401K. So it's a pre-tax, Correct. pre-tax account uh, in the similar fashion that you put in pre-tax money, and it grows tax-free, and then you're taxed on it. When you pull it out, um, the 457 is similar, uh, but there's no early withdrawal fee, and it is such a nice account to have that uh, I thought I had access to it at my job, but then uh, for some reason there's an income requirement uh, for my employer, and I didn't make enough to contribute to it, and I was devastated. But um, Oh, yeah, I would be devastated too. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. a 457 is like a 401k or a 403b, except there's no early withdrawal penalty, which is really nice for people planning on retiring early or, you know. Correct. So, sorry. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so, you know, um, I'm trying to think when I first funded that, I believe the maximums were $15,000. Mm-hmm. On the 403B and the 457, so you know, right there, I, I could put away thirty thousand bucks, and my wife could do the same. So you can, uh, we were really able to accelerate our savings, and um, I just remember talking to my wife. I was like, I can't believe that we're able to save this much money. And, you know, my wife's got an MBA too, but she doesn't think about money all the time like I do. She's very frugal, but you know, the, the wheels get turned on me, and you can't shut me up. But anyway. <laughs> I would see her, you know, I'd show her, I'd make spreads and put it on the refrigerator and I'd say, honey, this is crazy. I, we're supposedly teachers. We don't make any money, but look at this. The bottom line's growing and we bought a house, a beautiful house in LaGrange. And, uh, you know, it, I, you know, I mean, in my mind, I always thought teachers just don't have any money. And then I was experiencing a different reality. Right. So you're saving, so you're both saving roughly 30 K each a year and, you're making how much at this point? Um, I guess after my wife got her full-fledged certification, we were over uh, probably about a hundred. Right. Okay. So between us, so a nice sixty percent plus savings rate. Well, even uh, yeah. after tax, even better. So I, I, I just got. I have a list here of, of, of like my contributions from like two thousand three started at thirty thousand a year, and by two thousand seven we're up to sixty two thousand a year. Wow. And put that- in and. You know, it's between us. All these numbers are, are my wife and I. Um, you know, we're we're a team, and so you know when you see those numbers, it's two people, it's not one. Right, but, That's hey, still we live together. <laughs> exactly. So you're okay. So at this point, you're 
up to 60 plus and uh and you're just you just can't believe your your luck with all with all of it coming in um what yeah, were you- i mean our our wealth got, i mean i i I, I say these numbers not to brag, but just to give people an illustration. You know, I, oh, I guess around no. 2000, 2008, we're almost $400,000 in net worth from 2002 to 2008, like six years. So, um, one, two, I mean, it's, yeah, about six years of work. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, since, you know, I'm not a millionaire, I'm not a trust fund baby, that's real money to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but about that time, about 2008, 2009, we, we, you know, all jobs, you get in a rut, you need a break, and uh, it was time for a change. And um, so I, I figured, well, I, I know these accounts and I know how to use them. And then I realized, wow, I've got money in a 457 that I could use for current expenses, Right. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so basically what we decided to do is like max that 457 out at this job and then take other jobs. So we got our 457 up to $90,000. And then at the end of 2009 um, school year, we interviewed, took new jobs down in deep South Georgia, Eccles County, a very rural county, not too far from the, the Okefenokee Swamp. Um, had a great time. Went down there lived a you know had a very frugal lifestyle and we we every account every, uh we funded fully and uh, those 3 years down there from 2009 to 2012 we saved $250,000 wow on on teacher salaries and you know that was pretty much the plan i made a spreadsheet once again and showed my wife she said let's do it that's incredible you know? so this is one yeah this is definitely something i want to focus more on because uh uh, I've written a lot about geographic arbitrage and, you know, earning, earning money in dollars and then spending it somewhere cheaper and making your dollar go further. Um, and a lot of people email me and they say, well, what if I don't want to, what if I don't want to leave America? I like America. I don't want to go live in some, uh, tropical place in Southeast Asia or something. Um, what if I want to stay here? And, and that seems to be what you've, what you did it with this move. You went down there, um, presumably kept similar salaries and yet you lowered your cost of living dramatically and really just ramped up your savings to an extreme level. Is that, is that, yeah. a, is that correct? That, that's pretty much, uh, right. We, we didn't really have a super costly lifestyle in LaGrange, but we had, you know, the mortgage and all, and we were able to rent that out. But, you know, rural Georgia, there's not a lot of distractions. There was no, there was no clubbing or you know, there's not a bar scene or places to go where you're going to spend your money. We live basically uh, in, in a rural house of $750 a month. Um, you know, we, we cooked most of our own groceries. We just lived a very frugal lifestyle, but it was very enjoyable. It was a, it was a great three years. Um, and, and one of the things that really helped is, is that district – did not have Social Security taken out of the check. There, there are still a lot of districts in America where if the, the municipality voted not to participate, they were allowed not to. So not only did I not have to pay it, there was a retirement plan in lieu of Social Security that was 6% of my salary put in there that was 100% vested to me. Wow. Um, so, you know, that added, uh, you know, that 250 I cited, that 20000 from that plan after three years. Um, so, you know, and you were talking about geo arbitrage, 
you know, I, I read Tim Ferriss's book, uh, Four Hour Work Week, and you know that that really jumped off the pages to me. And and like most people, I always viewed geo arbitrage as a country to country situation. And and now I realize it can be you know county to county, state to state. Right. Um, you know, I, I've got my eye on getting a piece of property in Florida and, and establishing residency there just for you know asset protections and no state income tax and access to Florida virtual school for my son in the future. You know, there's a lot of, of, of shifting around or a lot of benefit to maybe moving. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's something that I, I know your story and that we'll, we'll obviously be touching on a lot more of it, but that seems to be a recurring theme. You've, you've had no problems just picking up and moving to, to take advantage of much better opportunities elsewhere, you know, starting from Saudi Arabia to, and moving counties in Georgia, and um, it just seems like it's made such a difference to to what's happened to you over the last couple of decades. Um, is that is? Do you think that's because you were so comfortable moving as you're a basketball player, and that led into you know not feeling as tied down to a certain place, or what do you, what do you think it attributed to? Well, you know, it's funny. I, being a basketball player in college, I didn't get to have a junior year abroad like all my buddies. Mm. You know, they did Spain and Italy and Austria, and I didn't get to do that. Now, don't cry for me because I got to see a lot of America playing in tournaments and whatnot. But you know, I view moving and traveling, it's, it's an adventure to me. And even within the state of Georgia, you know, I'm not from South Georgia originally. Moving to these towns and spending a year or two is an experience to me because it's a different way of life from even where I'm from in North Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I've always had a sense of adventure and being curious. That's just innate in me. Um, and I, I just kind of view this as an, I, my, uh, late junior year abroad in a sense. Um, uh, we always refer to our three years in Eccles, like, you know, the year in Provence, that was just a, it, it was rural Southern Georgia. It was fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, we have great memories of that place and, uh, we'll probably have good memories of this place too. when we end up leaving and, you know, that said, if, even if I like somewhere, I know I'm going to leave it eventually because, you know, what I do with my money, it, it requires me to leave. Right. So, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So you, you not only use it to improve your income and reduce your spending in the future, but you also make these moves to improve your investment options. So if uh, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. Let, let's say like in my last job in, in Eccles County, South Georgia, I um, – I have this this growing amount of money, which to me is a lot, say $200,000 sitting there, and it's in a variable annuity product you know, with high fees, and I can't really – I'm not going to invest in a variable annuity product because it's got fee certainty, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want a 2% a year fee in addition to market uncertainty. Exactly. I, I, call me chicken. I'm <laughs> just not going to do it. So I, at some point, you know, I need to move that money to, say, my Vanguard IRA where I can control the cost. So, you know, when that pot gets big enough uh, and I, I just we decide, well, it's time to take a different job or maybe take a year off so we can, what they call in the business, separate service. That's what, uh, so I can move my money. You have to quit your job to move your money. That's the, the cruel reality. You can be in a great job, but if you want to move your money, you have to make a hard choice. You're going to have to leave or just keep whatever vehicle you have. And, and, you know, I haven't really talked about this a lot, but most of the 403B products I see at the K-12 level are, are terrible. They have very high expenses, and I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And when I'm you leave, invest- you can move it to anywhere you want for Correct. a Vanguard fund yeah. with very, very low fees or wherever you yes. choose. And, 
I mentioned, you know, two, two, two basis points or, or two percentage points or 200 basis points. You know, I think my admiral shares of total stock market at Vanguard are f- five basis points. So 200 versus five, I mean, no it's what, a f- 40 to one ratio? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to buy a loaf of bread for $40 if I can get it for a dollar. Yeah. Um, so, you know, oh, I wanted to mention one other thing. You talked about the, the mobility. I, I do to me to move is very natural. Like you said, I traveled and I played basketball overseas and whatnot. And my wife likes to travel. We do all these road trips. We have a good time doing it. But I noticed when I, having moved to this small town here in South Georgia now, my new town, people don't quite know what to make of me. They're like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> and, and to me, it's an adventure. To be, you know, they they're kind of wondering like, "Does this guy have a checkered past?" No, I'm pretty normal. You know, I am very tall, but um, <laughs> and so. But I've always found if you're willing to move for opportunity, oh, my gosh, there's opportunity in perpetuity. Oh, yeah. You know, it just – if you'll go, there are jobs. Absolutely. You know, but, but people get so locked into a, a geographic area or a career path, they think there's no other option. Oh, there's always another option. It might not be in the county. It might not be in the state. But if you're willing to, you know, pick up and go, you're going to get probably a better job than you have now. Yep, absolutely. And the very act of leaving has been hugely rewarding for me personally, at least. Um, and the power of quitting post, I read about, you know, every time I've left a job, luckily my job I can do from anywhere. So every time I've decided, all right, it's time to pick up and move, it's resulted in, you know, remote working opportunities, wage increases that I would have never got had I stayed still. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. And then you got this whole nother place that has opportunities you've not even explored yet so i'm right there with you uh, yeah it, it, envious of you you do have one of those careers maybe i'll have to get my blogging career going for real yeah there you go <laughs> yeah. um and then you know i did another uh geo arbitrage little attempt i did I, I we all went last year to mexico for six weeks and I, we went to cancun and i figured cancun would be very easy you know i first of all i knew how beautiful the beaches are and um got down there and it was it was beautiful i mean the infrastructure was much better than i remembered it um even, even the mexicans told me so you're going to notice there's a big change in the people toward tourism they realize that tourism is very important here and they're they're really happy to see you it was just a very positive vibe i, I enjoyed my time in cancun um we got a one-month rental in a little studio apartment and i i tracked all our expenses that month there and we spent fifteen hundred and fifty dollars, three people. Wow. Yeah, so you know what's that? A little less than uh, nineteen thousand if you prorate that for the year. But yeah. I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm a newbie, right? Exactly. Trying to, trying to score a plus, and so you know, um, if you have a frugal lifestyle, you can probably live anywhere in the world. But if you have frugal tendencies and you live in a low cost place to begin with, oh man, <laughs> uh, the combination, the, it's it's. It's powerful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, having just spent a couple months in Southeast Asia, it was just, I could I could not believe how low the cost of living was, and yet the quality of life was just so high. Um, oh, wow. It was, but yeah, Mexico's on the top of my list of uh, where I want to be heading next to check out because I've never been down there. So I'll be, uh, I'll be getting back in touch to get some uh, recommendations oh, off you. Don't later. hesitate. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So you. Just to recap a bit, 35 zero bucks net worth pretty much. Um, and then you 
build up over 100k in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, and then you come back to Georgia, um, work for a few years, and then you make a move down to southern Georgia, and then you just really go into overdrive. So, where to yeah, go after I, that? Well, um, 2003, 2013, um, my wife and I took the year off, and we homeschooled for a year just so we'd have some flexibility and we could go visit relatives and. You know, take trips to Jekyll Island and go camping and visit people in Florida. I mean, it was just so leisurely. I mean, I when you have time, you feel wealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it doesn't cost that much. No, and we're, we're living in our house in the Grange, and our house is beautiful, you know, and it's, and uh, cooking and um, it, just very low-cost existence but high quality, you know. Um, I'm, I'm very big on using the library and we don't have cable. We don't have a lot of ongoing expenses, but at the same time, I mean, there's no other way to say it. My life is awesome. You know? Right. Yeah. I, and, and like I said, I'm older. So I'm from a generation where there were three channels on the TV. Um, there was no remote control in the house. Um, we didn't get cable till I went off to college. We didn't have, you know, video game. So, you know, I've, I, I kind of look at these things that a lot of people see today as, like they've always been here to me. I I just marvel at everything, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so um, we took 2013 off, and about that time, I guess our net worth was about um, I don't know, a little less than 800. You know, with the market going up, and we're not we don't take on any debt. And mm-hmm. but um, last year, you know, we're kind of at we're not quite where we want to be financially. We're sitting good. Um, but we decided, look, we, we want to do this to kind of be a model for other people. And I, and we decided, look, we're going to take two years, possibly three years and really full throttle down on the savings, go over the seven figure mark. And then I'll truly be, you know, we'll be the millionaire educator, right? you know, and just slay the beast, be done with it. Not that that's the magical, well, you know, seven figures, it's not what it used to be, obviously, with inflation and whatnot, but it's a threshold. We just wanted to push through. And, you know, we've been, we started here, what, um, in August of 2014? You know, and that, that from August to December, we saved 46,000. We're after, after April, we've saved 35,000 more. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm shooting to save 106,000 this year. And then whatever carries over to the remains of 2016 those eight months i'll you know probably do at least eight thousand a month so we'll say sixty five thousand wow so you're mm-hmm. okay so you're still maxing out your 403b your 457s for both of you um do you have a IRAs. ira hsas i yeah i have an hsa um i started that my last year down in eccles county um I, I use uh, Element. It used to be Eli Lilly Credit Union. They had a, a, a Ameritrade HSA with decent costs, mm-hmm. and I can get to um, low-cost ETFs on Ameritrade platform. I, I think I was looking at like eight basis points and thirty-six buck a year fee. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was a problem. You know, finding an HSA I can invest in. Yeah, yeah. A um, lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, so I, I, but I think I found something that um, it's now called Elements Financial, I believe, or something to that effect. But you can find it on the internet. But yeah, we have um, 457, 403B, IRAs, HSA, and I also do an Ed Savings account for my son. I've done every year since he was born. 
Um, and that thing has grown tremendously too. So wow. those are my five. And that, that's usually the order I fund them in. I try to blow out the 457 first because of the flexibility element. Mm-hmm. Then the 403B um, because, you know, uh, that's more important than my 450, uh, than my IRA. Excuse mm-hmm. me. That's what I meant to say. And I can always use my IRA. I can fund that all the way to April the following year. Um, the HSA is also very flexible. I can, it goes to April the following year. And the Ed Saving as well. So I always want to load up on that 457 and then the 403B. Nice. And do you do much taxable investing or is it all in tax advantage uh, accounts? This is where I'm a very terrible um, guest. I, I opened my – since uh, my 100000 from Saudi, I used that to buy a house and um, I eventually converted that to IRAs and whatnot, you know, did a little switch. Um, I have a thousand dollars that I opened up in a Vanguard account probably about two months ago. I just said, I gotta get the ball rolling on that. I am totally for the most part pre-tax. Nice. Well, that's, that's definitely what I focus on first. And, uh, yeah, I just actually last week set up, finally set up automated investing for my taxable account. Cause that's the only thing, like I still hesitate and do stupid things that I know I shouldn't do, but I can't help it. So I finally bit the bullet and was like, all right, I'm just going to set up the automated thing and just let it keep pumping out of my account every month and be done with it. So, but yeah, focus for me as well is just all on those tax advantage accounts too. Well, you know, and I, and I learned from your blog that I used to kind of think, well, am I crazy to do this? I I look down the road. I am going to do some uh, Roth conversion ladders. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Um, You're also doing the 72T distributions, aren't you? Yes. That, you know, a lot of people are wondering, how do you live? You know, well, I, like I said, I do a 72D, t, 72T distribution. Could you talk Some a little pe- bit about that? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody knows anyone that actually has done one, and it does look quite complicated. So I just uh, would you mind just going into that a bit? Yeah, you know, and that's the there, – there is a 2T. E.net is a, a site I came across where they had a lot of information on that. And then um, well, what it is, it's, um, what is it, substantial equal periodic payments, mm-hmm. and 72T is the part of the IRS tax code, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you said, sorry, and you said 72T.net? It broke up a I bit think it's there. 72.net, I think. I believe that's the, okay, the site. I'll, I'll look it out and put it in the show notes anyway. So Okay. And, and well, I, I kind of viewed this as a way to, you know, I had this big, these big IRA that I couldn't do anything with. Well, how do I, you know, use it? Well, th- this provision allows for uh, you to make your your IRA, uh, basically you annuitize it. You take a certain amount of payments out per year uh, or per month, however you want to do it, but it's based on your life expectancy and the IRS has a um, um, an interest rate you use depending on when you start it. And, and you know, like you, I would look at that and it looks so complicated. And well, then I went to the IRS site and read about it. And I could take my financial calculator and put the numbers in they got and make them work. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, so right. once I figured out that, the the fear went away and I, I did it. And I remember when I showed my accountant and I have um, – he looked at that and he's like, well, wait, why are you doing this? You're going to have to pay a print. And I said, no, I explained it to him. And even a lot of times your, your CPAs aren't very familiar with this. And then we have filed since and it's not been a problem and he feels a little better about it. But, yeah, it's nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. It's just not used often. It, it, if I were like uh, an athlete with a lot of money, you know, tucked in an account and I blew all my money, I'm sure that's what a lot of athletes use to get current spending money at this point provision the 72t right yeah i'm um, i'm hope uh, my plan is hopefully to do most of it in the roth conversion ladder um 
because I hopefully have enough time to get it all converted potentially at low cost, um, but definitely can see why 72T would be a, a good choice. Um, and that, well, has it, how has it been for you? It, it's been good. You know, uh, we take about a little more than 18000 a year between us from our accounts, and, you know, we'll have to take that every year. Mm-hmm. Um, how how old so, are you? I, I didn't oh, cover I'm, that yet, I don't think. Oh, yeah, I'm 51. 51, okay. So Yes. And when did you start the 72T? Oh, uh, make sure I'm telling you right. I believe I started it in 2013. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so yeah. you got plenty, I've of, plenty of cash with, in there. <laughs> yeah, three withdrawals from it. And, you know, I... I keep a, probably a little too much cash, like three, three, four years worth of cash, just in case there's a crazy market crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have all within within that IRA itself. I have all um, you know dividends and capital gains paid to the cash automatically. So I don't know. That's probably a lot of detail, but you know, one of my big fears was, oh, what if we have a real market bomb and there I have to like sell these stocks at the bottom right. to get my because you cannot change your distributions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that said, I, I like to keep three to four years worth of cash provisions within that IRA. What else um, are you invested in? Cause we haven't uh, even touched on that yet. We've been so excited about the different accounts you're going into that, uh, what, oh, what, it, what it's actually, what, where's your money invested? Oh, my, uh, the vast majority of my money is at Vanguard. Um, and, and, uh, my, my investment philosophy is very simple. I like, um, low cost index funds. Um, I'm, I'm partial to target retirement funds, you know, for big chunks of my money, I'm there. Are, I think I'm paying 17 basis points. The allocation is set. Um, it gets less risky the older I get. You know, they take care of that adjustment as I get older. Um, it's an underlying portfolio of index funds. Um, it, it, it's like a financial advisor already built in it, in a sense. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Right, and and you know, for funds, um, I, I use life strategy funds. That same thing, except these aren't shooting for a retirement date. They're a set fixed allocation that, you know, don't change. And for example, I believe they're along the same lines, about 17 basis points. And, and within Vanguard, I have like chunk certain, certain amounts, like total stock market at, you know, five basis points. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've, um, and, and around the margins of my portfolio, I might rev it up with more, a little more international, some small cap. I've done that this um, past year. I went and optimized, uh, my IRA, I made sure all those accounts, you know, like my REITs and whatnot, had at least $10,000 so I could get the lower fund cost. And, you know, I, I kind of take uh, uh, Buffett's view that, you know, I, I'm going to hold those in forever. Mm-hmm. And let them just keep paying me. All right, especially uh, now that your 72T distributions could let you live in uh, in Cancun with your family oh, is pretty yeah. good. You don't well, have you're to worry too much. Because, yeah, is 18, and, and I think, geez, 18 doesn't carry me very far here in the States at times, or a family, and I know what it did for me in Cancun. <laughs> and, and, you know, in addition to that 72T, bear in mind I have uh, my 457 that I can pull from strategically. Right. So let's say, you know, I need, instead of I'm 18, I need 40 this year. And let me let me use the figure forty three because that's that's something I've written about on my blog. The uh, figuring out your free money, you know, yeah, your standard yeah, deduction. I'm to that. Yeah, that that you know, I thought it was when I when I added those up, I just couldn't believe these numbers. You know that oh, the government lets me earn this amount of money before they want to tax me. <laughs> you know what a country, what a deal. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I, and and then I my forty three represents. The free money, which is, you know, standard deductions, personal exemptions for three people, um, my child uh, credit, 
uh, added back in, and then the remainder of the 10% bracket. So like on $43,000, I pay $850 federal tax, which is a 1.9 effective tax rate federally. Wow. Yeah, you know, and everybody, you know, here, here's something I really got to say. People complain. They bitch and moan about taxes all day long, me included. But stop complaining. Do something about it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, the, the government allows for you to do this. It's not illegal. It's in the tax code, and it's encouraged because when you're older, you should be able to take care of yourself, ideally. Right. And, and that's it, how the it, government it, set it up. It's just it's, it's amazing to me because people, you know, they'll spend time watching, like, CNBC and trying to, like, actually do research on individual companies and things, but then they're not even taking advantage of free free 401k employer matching and or any of the accounts or anything. And it's like, are right, you trying to eke out an extra, whatever, half percent on the market and you're risking so much when you're not even taking the free money on the table? Well, you know, I was looking at something the other day and I was you know, 100,000 bucks and you, you save a whopping 20%, which is good, you know, 20,000. And then you make 20% on that and you, you invest in like Buffett and just, you know, well, you make four thousand dollars. Well, I'm just looking here at my sheet. Uh, I saved, for example, uh, ninety-one thousand in 2012. <laughs> my wife and I. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, you can. Uh, Mr. Money Mustache wrote a great article on it. Um, if you haven't read him, please, you've got some background reading to do, everybody. Um, how he the, the what how do you phrase it the power of savings or uh, it was a great article oh, yeah, where he yeah. just basically showed Warren Buffett humbled because you can outsave what you can get on returns mm-hmm. and uh, that's pretty much the the strategy I have have gone to here. Yeah, but uh, as Jim Collins from JL Collins and H says, it's he's like the savings rate will just erase so many of your little mistakes along the way that it doesn't really he can get a lot of things wrong and yet still. Come out yeah. on top if you just save, save, and, save. Well, you know, I'm proof of that. I, I'm I'm not always the sharpest pencil in the box, but I, I know how to set up my contributions to 403 being a 457. Right, and you went from what in 16 years, from age 35 to 51, from zero to nearly a million between you two on two. Right, right. That's and, just incredible. And, and you know, in that time, it was not a life of deprivation. You know, of miserly penny pinching. Right. Exactly. We took a one month trip to Brazil, and and we we've traveled. We go to the beach every summer, and we have a, we have a very nice life. And let's focus a little on the income again, for uh, yeah, because you've you've done a quite a bit throughout your career to increase your teacher's income. Um, Obviously, you hear all the time in mainstream press that you know teachers are barely getting by, and yet here you guys are um, thriving completely in all in all manners of the word. So, um, so you said that you know Georgia itself was pretty good as far as relative wages for teachers, but uh, can you talk a little bit about what else you did to help increase those wages throughout the years? Yeah. Um, I- Anyone's ever read The Millionaire Next Door, you you know that uh, late Dr. Stanley wrote about playing offense and playing defense. Well, teachers don't have a lot of ways to generate extra income, but there are ways. Um, the, the biggest thing I noticed when I looked at the pay scale is that uh, when I when I first started working, I had only a master's degree. I had two master's degrees. Well, if I got my next degree, a uh, specialist degree, which is roughly nine more courses, I would earn $6,000 more a year. $500 every year, a month, every year yep. until I stopped teaching. 
And so I got into that program to become an administrator, not necessarily to be an administrator, but I knew I could basically study myself to study my way to a pay raise. And after a few courses, I told my wife, I said, honey, there's no one here that we work with that could not will themselves through this coursework. So that was her cue. She jumped in. And so we both did it. And so now, consequently, we get $1,000 more a month. Wow. Right, which, you know, um, as I like to tell people, if, if you earn that $1,000, that's that's not beer money. That is IRA money, 403B money. Mm-hmm. And we have religiously parked that um, in our various accounts. Um, another thing I did, and I did all seven years in LaGrange, and I, I was a little younger then, and I could do that. I could do this. What I would do is... Um, Extended day. What that meant was that I did not have um, a planning period. I taught four out of four block classes for um, that meant an hour and a half for each class. I taught, you know, all that time with no break other than a 30 minute lunch break. And I'll be honest, that was very tiring, especially after seven years of it. But it paid me 25 percent more. 25 percent more. Wow. On my base. Yeah. And everybody would always say. You know, uh, well, geez, why do you do that? And I'm like, well, because it's 25 percent more. Right, a 25 you know? percent raise. That's uh, pretty well, I, hard to come I, by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always joke around, tell you know, yeah, I'm turning academic tricks here. You know, uh, <laughs> just give me this one more class, and um, but and also I was an assistant basketball coach and assistant cross country coach, and I, I did things of that nature. I, um, my wife's been. Um, you know, uh, technology student association leader and FBLA, FBLA leader, you know, for business clubs. And they have stipends. And, you know, when you get those things, you make them, uh, you know, put them on your side of the ledger. They don't go to the tax man. They don't go to your state income tax. Uh, they go to you, to your side of the ledger, your your accounts. Right. You know, and, and uh, not that we're... Um, I don't want to come across as like a, a hippie or no free... We live in a consumer society. Mm-hmm. You know, people are conditioned to spend. And, and um, you know, I'm a capitalist. And, but even I, now I look at it, it's like, oh, when I see commercials and it's, you know, sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. And um, it, it drives me crazy. And, you know, when you're talking to your, your, your coworkers and your friends and your relatives, you know, a lot of times you get this like, wow, these people are strange vibe because we're doing something that's different. Mm-hmm. And, and, but... You know, I mean, the numbers, they just jump off the page at me. It's like, wow, I wish more people would do this because, you know, the, the, it's not about the money. And anybody that's saved any money, they, they, they'll be the, probably the first people to tell you that. It's the freedom mm-hmm. and the choices that lead to exponentially, uh, at least in my case, uh, increased happiness. Things you can't even think of or wouldn't have predicted in before. Just, yeah, exactly. They just, there's so much opportunity that just happens when you have the freedom to take it. Oh, I mean, like our discussions are like, Oh, when we, when we stop teaching, you know, we're, we're probably driving, you know, load up the car and go to Quebec and I want to work on my French. I speak horrible French. It's been really bad, <laughs> but, um, I'd like to go to Quebec and, and just, you know, ha- slaughter some French and work my way through it. And what better way, you know, Absolutely. but most people if you're tied down to a job, you can't even entertain this thought. I, I'm dying to go to Thailand, dying to go to Thailand, um, and uh, I'm going to Brazil. But you know, th- and these things are going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it thanks to you with um, all your travel hacking posts. I got tired of watching you have all the fun. 
and other guys like uh, uh, Brad over at Richmond Savers. You know, um, wow, I've learned so much from you guys on that. Um, nice. Yeah, I, it's, it, it's, I, it's amazing what you can do. Absolutely I, amazing. I'm a millionaire in that regard already as far as miles and hotel points. And, nice. And I've been doing it for a year. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and those, and those things will go so far, especially if you're, you're you're talking to Brad about how to use them and things like that and reading up on all the blogs. It's just yeah. absolutely so, but, you incredible. Know, it, it's, it, when, when you have a little financial leeway, you can take the time off to go do these adventures and – you know, my son, he's nine years old, and um, he talks every day about that trip to Cancun. And now he's asking, you know, what, Dad, what are we doing next? Are we going to go to Texas, Brazil, or Puerto Rico? <laughs> nice. You know, because he, he's heard us tell our stories, and he's getting fired up. And, you know, I love seeing that fire in his eye that's to travel and see right. the world. That's so good. So, so yeah, talk a little bit about what do, what do you, in addition to Quebec and uh, maybe Cancun some more, what do, what do you think uh, – what does your post-fire life look like? Well, um, I, more travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can see myself buy a small, manageable, what I would refer to as a crappy house in Florida. Um, something that I can within proximity to the beach, uh, bikeable to the library and the grocery store, preferably in Aldi's. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then taken uh um, like i said you know trips to various places and i can see myself doing some slow travel mm-hmm. you know um two to maybe three even six months depending on um how what we're going to be doing with our son um a lot of family visits uh, i'm from a big family so is my wife my, we've got lots of nephews and nieces um we like spending time with everyone we're um you know a, a simple life but also see a lot of adventure mix in there and um, that adventure will be frugal adventure because just because you're overseas doesn't mean you got to spend every dime. Um, I, I noticed in Cancun, when you're on the trip on the on the main beach. Wow, I mean the the cost. If you don't spend all your money, you you can do it in a couple of hours. <laughs> but you don't have to fall prey to that trap, you know. Just be like, uh, find out where the locals go, and that's where all the real fun is anyway. We all know that. Absolutely. And uh, so at this point, I'm I'm envisioning fire as as a little more travel. But my wife and I are the kind of people where we can entertain ourselves. Um, I like to read. I like to work out, jog, things of that nature. A little more blogging. Eventually, uh, I'm going to put this out there and try to shame myself into doing it. I've got this half-written book, nice. you know, The Millionaire Educator, How to Build Wealth on a Teacher's Salary. Do it, yeah. Oh, God, it's been like four <laughs> years, so I forget what Churchill said about a book. At first, it's a, it's a mistress, and then it's a tormentor. And I, I just have this nagging voice in my head, you loser. Right? <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. That's Because I have fun already, and I just, you know. Expect more of it. I, I will say this, you know, and maybe other people have bumped up uh, against this. I, my first year, I took off from work. Um, my wife took a job, and I, I had about six months off by myself. That was a little strange being by myself when my wife went off to work and I took my son to school. I, I'd prefer to have the whole family together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but even that said, I I worked on a lot of things. Um, and I sure was in great shape. I had the best six pack of my life at age forty-seven, <laughs> which was yeah shocking. Um, 
um, I do a lot of self experiments. You know, I read Tim Ferriss, and I'm really into things like that. You know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Any, Any very successful ones? Well, you know, I started that slow carb diet six years ago, and I lost 35 pounds in 10 weeks, and and so now I experiment with ketogenic diets and intermittent fast and. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm the human guinea pig, <laughs> which makes me even weirder, you know, to everybody. And, I, of course, you can't shut me up. I love to talk about this stuff. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, well, usually I ask uh, all my guests straight before we finish um, if there was one piece of advice that you had to choose to give someone starting on this path. What do you think it would be? Uh, well, I, I wrote a few things, but I, the, this one's overlooked. Is First, realize and internalize that financial independence is possible. It is doable. Um, There are so many social narratives today about how bad it is, and I'm not saying everything's perfect, but I would imagine most of the people listening to this podcast or reading your your blog, if they don't have a college degree, they're quite capable of getting one. And when you look at the unemployment rate for people with a college degree, it is single digit. And that doesn't mean you'll have an ideal job, but when you get that job, you know, use that opportunity to grow your salary somehow, maybe start a business on the side. But you, you need to know that it is possible to become financially independent. And I think the, the, the easiest way to do that, and a lot of you guys have written about this, is that when you play offense, generate income, and you save it, and you learn to cultivate a low-cost, frugal lifestyle, which can be very awesome. It's almost foolproof. <laughs> and this is what I wish I knew in my youth, and this is why I'm so envious of all you you young 20, 20, you nine-year-old retirees, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I wish. I was, not, that, not quite. <laughs> I was clueless. And, uh, and but you know that said, yeah, and you know that's the reason I just do right is that okay you screwed up you can't go there's no such thing as time travel we can't go back and fix it if if that's the case learn the best way to get you where you want to be and that's going to be generate some offense either through a job save the heck out of that money use those pre tax accounts and you know. You can live really well. We live in a first-world country. I mean, America is a great place to live, you know. You can live great on $1,500, $2,000 a month, and I'm talking from a perspective of a family of three. Um, you know, you take out my mortgage, I'm sure I could live on 2000 a month for sure, probably $1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do it. It's possible. Don't just stomp out all that negative energy about oh this is the worst ever no in a lot of ways it's some of the greatest times ever to live in absolutely yeah and and, and it really is uh there's actually a really really funny uh louis ck skit he was just saying how just absolutely amazing everything is in the world these days but (laughs) all people can do is complain about it so he's like it's like the best stuff ever has been created, but it's all on the worst people because everybody's just so complaining about everything and just looking at the negatives, and yet it's just an incredible time to be alive. Well, you know, and, and I guess I need to say this. The way that, that we're set up in the in developed countries is that if you don't take care of business and, and set yourself up, you can set yourself up to be, um, This is these are strong terms, a debt slave, mm-hmm. a... 
um, a tax slave. You know, I mean, it, the more you earn, the more you're going to pay if you're taking everything. And then it, all you'll do is complain about, oh, I pay so much in taxes. You know, take control. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be beholden to people. I like my freedom, you know, and, and I understand we've got to pay taxes and, and things that ensure, you know, I, I go to the public library like all you guys and I drive on the road. I do want to contribute. But um, if you don't set it up for you, someone else is setting you up, <laughs> you know? Exactly. I didn't mean to make it. That sounded good, didn't it? That was, that was really good. You should uh, yeah, patent that. And oh, yeah. I'll quote you on it. <laughs> that was really good. Um, no, that's uh absolutely amazing uh, story, Ed. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about it. And um, Is there anything else uh, you want to touch on or anything I missed before we uh, sign off here? And um, Obviously, everyone can come and see you at uh, millionaireeducator.com. Um, is there anywhere else that would be good to get in touch with you or just go over there? Um, yeah, millionaireeducator.com. Um, I have an email sign-up list that I'm trying to work with still. And if, if I don't get back to you real quick, uh, just bear with me. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention. I, I, I wanted to mention uh, someone who is a great inspiration. I think many people would like to read this book. Um, Paul Terhorst, T-E-R-H-O-R-S-T, cashing in on the American dream. I refer to it as a dated yet timeless classic the information, the, 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 the how-to of how he retired early doesn't work anymore. He was getting 8% on CDs. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you're not going to get that. But, man, just the way he worked the problem, a lot of you would like that book. And I have to say, when I read that book, it was a thunderbolt. I, you know, I knew I wanted to go overseas, but I always knew that I had to come back to earn a living. This guy got me thinking as how to you know blend the the overseas fund and fund it with my own money so you know i i feel i have a a a debt of gratitude to him i'm so glad he wrote that book because that was kind of my shove and um i just think a lot of people would like that book and i just just like to say also to all the guys who who are writing all this great content out there i want you to know i appreciate it because you've made me think of things in a, in a way I might not, and just keep cranking it out. Um, and that includes you. Awesome. Okay, Brandon? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's it's an incredible every, – every time I talk to someone new in this community, it's just uh, – I just am blown away every single time just from different – so many different angles people are attacking it in and uh, so many different – ideas it's just it's always so exciting to to meet new people and uh and yeah we're we're all really lucky to have such intelligent people to bounce ideas off of and get great ideas from so i, I couldn't agree more and and paul terhorst um he, there's been a, at least a handful of people that have asked me to try to get him on the show so that's uh so you're um, recommendation of his book has prompted me to uh, add that to the top of my list again and see if I can uh, get in touch with him. Because, um, yeah, I've only heard great things. And I've not actually read the book, but I will uh, link to it on my show notes, and I will be trying to pick up a copy as well to to see uh, to see how good it actually is. And it, it sounds pretty amazing. So, Yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Excellent. Well, Ed, thank you so much again. Uh, MillionaireEducator.com. Uh, go take a look say hi i'm gonna to link to some of my favorite articles of his um and yeah it's just been an absolute pleasure so i really appreciate it well thanks for having me on all right take care bye all right bye-bye
Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ed. Um, it's really incredible what you can do when you really just put your mind to it. Um, it's obvious that Ed and his wife made savings a priority, so um, they took every opportunity that came to them. Um, and that's, I think, the key. You just have to put yourself in a position to um, get opportunities, and when you get them, you just have to take advantage. And uh, Ed and his wife have definitely done that and really saved an impressive amount of money uh, over the last 15 years. So hopefully you got a lot out of this interview. Um, I know I did. Um, But, yeah, so thanks to Ed, and thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time. Finance.